America's founders are calling. It's your opportunity to respond. This is the Liberty Brief Podcast with your host, Robert Melso, featuring Dr. Thomas Giordano. Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Tom Giordano. Welcome to Episode 16 of Liberty Brief Podcast. Rob Melso is on a short vacation somewhere in the southwest of the U.S., so I'll be going solo in this episode. In Episode 14 of this podcast, Rob and I spoke about the mass formation theory posited by Dr. Matthias Desmet in his book, The Psychology of Totalitarianism. After thinking about the argument, I recalled a few patients I've seen over the course of my professional career who expressed a series of odd behavior patterns which indicated a serious underlying psychopathy. I realized that there were similarities between their health claims on a small scale and the larger scale hoaxes perpetrated on society. The parallels are astounding. Have you ever wondered just what kind of mind creates hoaxes? How about the sickening false sympathy of those in our society chasing after every perceived sign of injustice against groups of which they are not a part. The answer may be as surprising as it is illuminating. In 2011, Dr. Lyle Rossiter Jr., a board-certified clinical psychologist, published his book, The Liberal Mind, The Psychological Causes of Political Madness, in which he convincingly diagnoses the ideology of the left as a palpable psychological illness. He demonstrates how a narcissistic psychopathy can be foundational to a destructive political philosophy. Before him, in 2005, Dr. Michael Savage made a similar argument in his book, Liberalism is a Mental Disorder, Savage Solutions. In this brief episode, I hope to illustrate how hoaxers and their abetting enablers are another manifestation of that mental disorder. In a Lancet article published on February 10, 1951, a British physician named Dr. Robert Asher first described a psychiatric condition he noticed in three patients under his care. These people had histories of going from one doctor to another complaining of multiple fictional symptoms, of having many unexplained hospitalizations, and proudly demonstrated scarring from useless surgeries. The description of their subjective symptoms had been so convincing during their previous encounters that the examining physicians were led to doubt their own objective findings and operated on them for no valid reason. Of course, their conditions never improved, and they all reported that the doctors who had previously treated them were incompetent, idiots, or quacks, as though cautioning the present examining doctor not to fall into any of their colleagues' categories. Dr. Asher recognized that these patients suffered from a serious psychiatric disorder. He named the syndrome after Hieronymus Karl Friedrich, Freiherr von Munchausen, a German baron who fought as a mercenary for the Russian Empire in the Russo-Turkish War. After Munchausen retired from the military in 1760, he spent the next 30 years recounting wildly exaggerated imaginary stories of his extraordinary battle triumphs in Russia. Aristocrats from all over Europe gathered to hear and marvel at his after-dinner fantasies. Today, Munchausen's syndrome, as well as the variant Munchausen's by proxy, are well known and established as factitious mental disorders within all fields of healthcare. So, what is Munchausen's syndrome and Munchausen's by proxy? Well, Munchausen's syndrome is manifested when a person tries to get pity or attention by fabricating, creating, or exaggerating a disease. 
They lie about their ailments, sometimes injure themselves to produce symptoms, and react with emotional outbursts claiming persecution or conspiracy against them when confronted with objective observations. Munchausen syndrome by proxy is when a person takes another person in their care to the doctor for symptoms and diseases they do not have. A typical scenario is when a mother intentionally harms or poisons her child and then seeks medical aid to diagnose the cause. In my opinion, these syndromes are underestimated in the general population at about 4% since they are seen in many different settings under many different specializations. Underlying practically every case of these syndromes is a borderline personality disorder, a labile mental condition characterized by critically unstable emotional states and behavior, destructive interpersonal relationships, and low self-image. These are people who have long-term strategies and subtle tactics in controlling those around them by inducing sympathy. Because of the person's deceitfulness, diagnosing and treating Munchausen syndrome in the psychiatric setting is challenging, but is easily distinguishable from malingering, where money is the primary goal of the patient's drama, rather than a sympathetic submission to the will of the patient's aberrant mental state. Hoaxers demonstrate all of the characteristics of a person with Munchausen syndrome. Whereas a patient in a clinical setting is intent on deceiving the doctors and staff, the hoaxer is attempting to deceive the entire society. Also, their spreading of false information in order to deceive people has a social or political agenda behind it, rather than seeking mere sympathy for a contrived illness. If we were to look at some of the major hoaxes perpetrated on the public during President Trump's administration, we may easily identify some common threads weaving them together. For our purposes, we will ignore the politically motivated hoaxes by Democrats and Republican never-Trumpers who were in bed together to defame Mr. Trump and contain the results of his election. Instead, we'll concentrate on private citizens whose false claims were picked up by the mainstream media and social platforms to illustrate examples of fictitious, hate-driven attacks that were used to validate and confirm a propaganda-based false premise. I'm going to coin a phrase and refer to it as sociopolitical Munchausen syndrome. In a Daily Caller article entitled, Here's a List of Hoax Hate Crimes in the Trump Era, dated February 18, 2019, Peter Hassan runs down a list of the most notorious hoaxes from 2016 until 2019. The article was prompted by the Jussie Smollett incident in Chicago and, though hardly exhaustive, is an interesting read. What becomes apparent is that all the so-called innocent victims were liberal Democrats. None were Republicans, conservatives, or libertarians. All of them were comfortable enough in their deception to bring them to the public square with no fear of the stories being debunked. All the alleged perpetrators were declared to be bigoted, white Trump supporters. All these false victims were readily supported and enabled by Democrat politicians, the mainstream media, and various left-leaning social media platforms with no proof of their assertions. All of them sought sympathy from unprovoked bullying or attacks based upon either race, national origin, religion, sexual orientation, or a combination of these. All were intended to induce an irrational, emotional reaction of outrage in their like-minded liberal allies and foment hate against President Trump and his supporters. Additionally, just like the doctor who calls out the discrepancies between reported symptoms, objective signs, lab and imaging reports of the Munchausen patient, anyone who questioned the inconsistencies 
and improbabilities of the hoaxer's fantasies was met with the same emotional, righteous indignation and umbrage by the enablers. They were labeled a racist, anti-gay, anti-Muslim, anti-Semitic, or just plain evil to silence their voice by the shouter's veto. What are we to conclude from this? Well, firstly, all the signs point to the liberal mind as being aberrated. If what we observe in leftist groupthink were found in an individual, the patient would be referred for psychiatric evaluation for a suspected borderline personality disorder. Secondly, within this group of like-minded individuals, insanity is contagious, especially if that insanity supports an existential dogma. This was also observed by Dr. Desmet when explaining mass formation psychosis. Thirdly, that these hoaxes all seem to stem from an inability to support their false claims of imaginary societal problems. A reasoned debate founded upon factual evidence must be avoided by employing the tactic of irrational emotional responses to a fake story disseminated as proof of the truth of their cause. That their truth is based upon a lie is just another sign of their mental distress. Denial, then, is another aspect of the syndrome. If the individual hoaxer is clearly an example of Munchausen syndrome in the public square, the enablers, the left-wing liberals, the mainstream media, the left-wing social platforms, and the socially engineered protesting students are all clearly afflicted with sociopolitical Munchausen syndrome by proxy. Here, the sickly child, harmed or gradually poisoned by its caretaker, is substituted with the poor, self-proclaimed innocent victims and the imaginary actions that they are decrying. Furthermore, and most importantly, the cynical opportunists in the Marxist camp have turned these hoaxes into an effective tactical tool to foment socio-political chaos for their own ends. The Smollett case is a good example. But the hearings on Justice Kavanaugh's nomination to the Supreme Court in the United States Senate was an even greater illustration on display for all to see. The patently delusional accusations of Dr. Christine Blasey Ford against Justice Kavanaugh were swallowed hook, line, and sinker by those driven to destroy a good man's reputation. It is ironic that Blasey Ford the holder of a Ph.D. in educational psychology, could not even recognize her own schizophrenic performance in slandering Kavanaugh. We watched as she slipped in and out of an affect of a 12-year-old little girl and made outlandish claims that even her own witnesses swore never happened. She was to be treated with kid gloves. We were all ordered to believe all women and not question her testimony. Anyone who was skeptical about her story was told to shut up and sit down by some Democrats in a typical Munchausen's by proxy reaction to negative objective findings. She was the perfect example of the damaged child being put forward by a cynical throng of left-wing talking heads on television and the leftist media for the sole purpose of stomping President Trump's Supreme Court nomination into the dust. The entire proceeding had an air of the patients trying to take over the asylum. The insanity ended only when Senator Lindsey Graham called them out for their demonstrable lies in a righteous rage. The actions of the Marxist liberals are another example of sociopolitical Munchausen syndrome by proxy. They latch on to a real or fabricated problem in society and smear it with syrupy emotions to show how they are personally offended by the supposed plight of others. Armed with credentials of little importance to the cause they're championing, they usurp the position of speaking for the downtrodden minorities or other victims de jour 
they usually push their goals onto students in a university classroom or in articles and books from some cubicle desk in a Marxist think tank. To get an idea of what I mean, get out some popcorn. Find and watch the video of Candace Owens being confronted by word-parsing white female PhDs before a congressional committee. You see, Miss Owens clearly understands the people of the inner-city black communities couldn't care less about the dangers of an inexistent white supremacy movement on black Americans. These liberal Democrats will never acknowledge nor apologize for the fact that, historically, whatever white supremacy movements that ever sprouted in the U.S. are all clearly linked to the Democrat Party, including black slavery, the KKK, Jim Crow, segregation, the Dixiecrats, opposition to the civil rights movement, Planned Parenthood, and others. Once again, denial shows up as another sign of the syndrome. We are left asking ourselves, how are we to respond to hoaxes and the destructive liberal dogmatists posing as concerned citizens clawing their way into our society? Well, Dan Bongino related an excellent suggestion when hearing a highly improbable story. Wait for 24 hours or the next news cycle to arrive at a conclusion. This is analogous to a doctor performing a physical exam and waiting for the results of laboratory tests and imaging studies to confirm or rule out pathology after taking the case history. Unfortunately, the observation often attributed to Mark Twain that a lie can travel halfway around the world while the truth is still putting on its shoes is even more true today than it was in his day. But in reality, it doesn't take long for a lie to be exposed if you're looking for it. The second suggestion is to always recognize the characteristic earmarks of sociopolitical Munchausen's or Munchausen's by proxy syndrome in the person relating the story. Identifying the significant personality traits of supposed victims, as with those I spoke about previously, will give you an idea of what to look for. Thirdly, never allow others to suck you into their delusions. This is true of any irrational philosophy or unhealthy behavior geared towards the destruction of sound social principles of existence. Lastly, always remember that the light of truth is the greatest antiseptic for deceit. Never be afraid to suffer the onslaught of attacks for stating the obvious inconsistencies in an improbable story from a leftist source. Plato said it best. We can easily forgive a child who is afraid of the dark. The real tragedy of life is when men are afraid of the light. Well, that about sums it up for this episode. I hope it'll give you something to think about the next time you are told to accept an outrageous story as truth before all of the facts have been presented. In the next episode, Rob and I will be back discussing something we haven't decided upon yet, but he promised it would be on current events possibly what we can take from the last elections. Thank you for listening. And uh, if you get a chance, check out my book on Amazon or Barnes and Nobles. Unalienable, what it really means and why it matters. So long. You've been listening to The Liberty Brief based on the book Unalienable, What It Really Means and Why It Matters by Dr. Thomas Giordano. If you want to help spread the word, please subscribe, like, and share using the links below. You can also check out Dr. Giordano's book on Amazon using the links as well.